Praise the Lord. You didn't hear me. I said praise the Lord. Uh, before I start to preach, I want us to listen. There's a message that came to us, and I really believe this message is for the body of Christ. It came from one of our younger people, and so I want them to play it before we start. Can we have the message, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, it was a message I received this morning that uh, I was inspired to write down. And uh, I believe it's for someone who is here today. Um, I'll just, I'll read it. So it says that the delay that happens when our prayers aren't answered is a lack of faith behind the promises God has given us. This is the result of either lack of knowledge or spiritual blinding. In faith, we are called to receive and perceive the spiritual, not the physical. Delay does not happen on God's end. It happens on our own. The spiritual battle is our the spiritual battle is of our mind being renewed enough to allow the spirit to guide our mind into the truth of God's reality. In Luke 18, 1 verse 8, uh, from verse 1 to 8, it talks about the woman who was seeking justice. At the end, it says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Why cry out to him day and night? Will he, keep, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus is letting us know faith brings the expedience to us. The victory was won already. He's not fighting anymore, but we are now to stay in faith on earth against spirits that try to convince us other things outside of faith, which is referenced in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. And then in John 4, 43 to 54, Jesus tests a man's faith by only giving him his word, your son will live. No signs, no wonders, just words. The official's faith kicked in, and he went to go to his son. That is, that's, that is what the Lord expects us to do, to take him at his word. And, um, you know, I think one of, the, one of the, the main points, and I believe uh, one of the RG Fridays that, that just happened, that was called And God Said, that there is a unison between the three types of word that God gives us. It's the written word, the spoken word, and the living word. All three of these things work in concert together to build up our faith in his word. And I pray that, you know, whoever this message is for, that the word be ever present, even if the situations seem hard to look past, because... What God wants us to be able to perceive is his reality and not our physical. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Did you hear that? You didn't hear that? Did he have an accent? If you had it, say amen. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the message you brought to us, challenging us that all you want is for us to believe your word. Just believe your word and that's it. Again, we're here to listen to your word. We trust that you will open our eyes and help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, today we're talking about get used to yourself. Get used to who? Yourself. Ephesians 3, 8, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures, about the endless treasures. If you have a Bible you're marking in, you should mark those words. About the endless treasures available to them in Christ. To tell, telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. You know, Paul, this is what every Christian must understand this message because this, this is what you and I were called to explain to people. We are called to do the same thing Paul was called to do. 
If you don't know this, if you don't tell people this, you're not preaching God's word. You're not preaching the gospel. You're not giving no good news. Paul said, I was called to explain, to teach, to tell about the endless treasures available to people in Christ. Endless treasures available to people in Christ. That's the gospel. That's what you should be telling people. That's what you should know. That's what you should live by. Endless treasures available to us in Christ Jesus. Not Ten Commandments, not do's and Endless. These are the things that God wants people to know. Because that's what Jesus paid for. He paid for all of it. So God gave Paul a wonderful revelation. They literally call it the Pauline revelation. And the Lord instructed him, he said, take your church through these teachings. Let them understand it, live by it, and they will see wonders. So it's called Pauline revelation, revelation, the revelations given to Paul, all of which is about the benefits of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to all who believe in him. The benefit of his death, benefit of his burial, benefit of his resurrection to the man or woman who believes in him. These revelations are the truth every Christian needs to be familiar with and live in. God has provided you nothing else except what he provided you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you don't know them, you can't live without them. Period. If you don't know them, you can't get them anywhere else. It can't be provided to you from anywhere else. And they are, so, they are intended to make you exactly what God wants you to be. If you, if, you, if, you, if you disregard them, set up your own religious system. You're on your own. You're just on your own. And unfortunately, like I keep saying, the, the body of Christ has been fed on, 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 on canal knowledge. I was a Christian many years. Nobody taught me this. Things. Nobody. Nobody taught me these things. I would go to the camp seeking God, fasting, praying. One day, one of the pastors called me and said, does it take all of that? So what is the pastor asking me? Does it take all of that? What does it take? If it's not seeking God for the truth. Nobody taught me these things. All I was taught is about sin and how to be good, try to be good. A, a Christian doesn't do this. A Christian does. That's all I was taught. I wasn't getting no better. There's no victory in my life. Nobody saw Jesus. I didn't even know Jesus was there. The Bible said these things were done for our own glory. We say he paid it all. Paid for what? And which of them do you know? And which of them is working in your life? That's a very serious question we should ask. You don't have to pay for them. You don't have to fight for them. You don't have to even bother yourself about them. Already paid. It's all yours. And God wants you to come walk in them. Enjoy them. 1 Corinthians 2.7 No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. He keeps calling it mystery. Paul said, it's a mystery I'm explaining. God hid it. It's a mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden. Remember we read Ephesians 3. He's telling Ephesians, these plans were hidden. Now he's talking about it again. These plans that were previously hidden, even though he made it for our, for our ultimate glory. For our ultimate glory. Before the world began, TPT puts it this way. He said, to bring us into glory. You can't neglect these things. Then you will not see the glory. You live a mere religious life, normal life. You would have lived whether you would, you would, you would have been a Christian. would have just been the same so bring us into glory. Isaiah 49, 8 says, Thus said the Lord in an acceptable time. Jesus said, this is acceptable time. This is the year, the acceptable time of the, the day of the Lord. The acceptable time, that's what he declared when he came. This is what Isaiah is talking about. The acceptable time, have I had you? He put it in the past tense. He didn't say, I'm going to. He said, I had you. And in the day of salvation, have I helped what? What's the help? Is these things that are provided to us in Christ. He said, I've, I've helped you. You neglect these things. I can't do more than that. I've helped you. And I will also preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inhabit the desolate heritages. The things that you lost will come back to you. I'm restoring all things for you. I have had you. I've helped you. I've sent you Christ in the days of salvation. There are benefits out of it. I've sent it to you to help you in any situation. I've sent you help. Isaiah 41 10. It says, Fear thou not, therefore, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, which means I'll become your strength. Yea, I will help thee. I'll become your helper. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. 
all fulfilled in Christ. All of it fulfilled in Christ. And so one of these wonderful revelations that is designed for our glory, to bring us into God's glory, is the presence of God in us. The presence of God where? In us. Which gives us the privilege to share in the divine nature. Gives you the privilege. God lifts you to his standard. Pulls you up to his standard. So when we share in divine nature, so we share in divine glory. Gives us the privilege to share in his divine nature and share in his divine glory. Colossians 1.25. He's still talking about this message that God gave him to give to people, all people. And I have been made a servant of the church of, by God who gave me this task. What task? To perform for your good. It is the task of fully proclaiming his message. Quit is the secret he hid through all past ages from all human beings, but has now revealed it to his people. He's talking about, he told Ephesians the same thing. He's telling Colossians the same thing. Isaiah prophesied about it. Verse 26. Which is the secret he hid through all past ages from all human beings, but has now revealed to his people, 27. God's plan is to make known his secret to his people. This rich and glorious secret, which he has for all peoples. And the secret is that Christ is where? Are you reading it? The secret is that what? Christ is it. He hits his heart in hell. God with us. God has come. It can't be greater than that. When God arrives on the scene, there's, there's nothing greater you need that will resolve issues than God himself. Christ is in you. Which means that you will share in the glory of God. See, the secret, the message God is giving to the whole world is that God has sent Emmanuel. God is with us. Christ has come. Jesus has come. God has come. God is in you. That God will live in a man it's, it, it, it blows, it should blow your mind. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He's not giving us details how these things has happened. That as you're sitting here and watching me, that Jesus is in you, joined to your spirit and become one with him. You become one with him. At the end of this, I'm going to play you a message from a, a preacher, you know, T.L. Osborne. He went to preach the gospel. He didn't know he didn't believe it. He thought he believed all these things. And you see how God came and helped him out and showed him that you are preaching a gospel you don't believe. I'll play it to you. But for now, let's be, t- let's be teaching. So our, he's joined to our spirit and we have become one. 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 You and Christ have become what? I didn't hear you. Come on. Say it louder. Get used to it. Get used to you. Get used to the truth. You are joined to Christ. You become one spirit. Ephesians 5.30. For we are members of his what? I want us to say it together. I want to go. Let's go. For we are what? Members of his His what again? His flesh. His what again? His bone. He's saying if you think you are not part of Christ, you are entirely. Everything Jesus is, join to your spirit, become one. Paul said, this is the plan God made before the earth was created and is now revealing it to people. You should preach to people this, that God has brought you life. Well, they say I'm a good person. You say, yes, it's wonderful, but you can't, the life of God is better than any human life. You can't, you can't, you can't miss the best because you are good. Romans 8, 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells where? I want to hear you. Dwells where? Dwelling means lives in you. If the Spirit of God, called the Spirit of Christ, is the something, dwells in you now. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So quit means the only reason you are a Christian is because the Spirit of Christ lives in you. That's what distinguishes you from any other person, any other thing. If Christ is not in you, you are not a Christian. You are not a Christian because you go to church. You are a Christian because Christ lives in you. If any man does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is what? None of his. And he, you become his dwelling place. Ephesians 2.21. Paul further wrote that we are confirming the fact that we are God's dwelling place. Ephesians 2.21. We are carefully joined together in him. 
becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Can I hear amen? You are his temple. He is living in you. God is living in you. Christ is living in you. What greater power and help can any man want? He said, I've sent you help. I've given you myself. I sent you help. In the day of salvation, I came. Emmanuel, God is here. I sent you myself. That's Ephesians 2.21. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Can I hear amen? He, he know Young Cho. I listened to Young Cho. He, he was preaching a good sermon. He said, one of the, in, in their part of the country, every God has an address. Every Buddha every has an address. So one, one woman became a Christian and came to him, bought him. He said, this new God, where does he live? He said, you, you told us he's powerful. You have not told us where he lives. Because I want to go, go to his temple too. Because there they go to temples. And Young Cho said he went to the Lord and said, Lord, how do I answer this woman? Because in our place, every Buddha or something has a, a temple. And they, this woman just got saved. He came to me and said, this new God, where is his temple? So I took and I told him church. He said, church, what is he in church? I can't say. Because they have all these, uh, you know. So he went to the Lord and prayed. You know what the Lord told him? He gave him this script. You are my temple. And the, the woman came back. He said, have you found that? He said, yes. He said, you. He said, me. He said, yeah. You are carrying him. You know that change that woman? He said, you are, he's living in you. You are his temple. If you are his temple, say amen. amen. That's the testimony. That's Paul said this was hidden, but now being revealed. Being revealed to us, the church, for your glory, for my glory. You disregard it. You miss out on the glory. You go into religion. You punish yourself. You do this one. You're wasting your time. These things have been paid for. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know you not, know you not that you are the temple of God, church. Don't you know that? You know what Paul is telling them? Because they were living in adultery and this. He said, so you people have forgotten what I told you, that you are the temple of, the, of God. So how can you take, drag God to a prostitute? That's what he's telling them. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? Christians, do you know that? Do you live in that consciousness? Is that a reality to you yet? <laughs> T.L. Osborne said, he said, he said, me and my wife, we read, the, we read the Bible through every year. He said, can't believe we, we never even saw these things. And yet we read them through every year. <laughs> every year, every year. We couldn't believe that we didn't see this. Yeah, we read it through. Make plans and go for missions work. And yet we read this thing through the English people. This is English. He said, we, could, we couldn't believe. We, we just stumble over this. We didn't even see it. First Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? He keeps repeating this. Which you have of God. And you are not your own anymore. Second Corinthians 6, 16. He says... And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? Who is the temple of God? You're not talking. Who is the temple of God? I'm asking you. Who is the temple of God? I'm asking you. Who is the temple of God? I'm asking you. Who is the temple of God? If you are, if people come here sharing alcohol, doing these things, how will you feel? You feel, oh, this is church. But you are the real church. Which means your life is no more worth to share alcohol while they do anything. If you can give building this, this kind of respect, why don't you give yourself that kind of respect? I know that I am the temple of God. If you can't smoke in this church, why do you smoke? People would say, no, don't say so. You know, somebody came to work here. They were, I was in my office and they, these boys, they started to sing all these songs that what they sing. like, oh, pastor, sorry, sorry. They realized that this is church. Do we have the same recognition for your body? That there are things you can't say. Sorry. Why? That's what Paul is saying. I mean, these are, these are African-Americans. They were working for us trying to set up something. Immediately I came out because I heard that I wanted to stop them. You like came out. They say, oh, pastor. I didn't have to say anything. Oh, pastor, sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, they, this church is church. I went back. Do we have the same recognition that the real temple is you? We don't. No, we don't. So as the father was in the son and did all the work through his son, Jesus Christ, so Christ is in us. Do you know the work? It's not different. John 5, 26. For as the father had life in himself, so had he given to the son 
to have life in himself. Now, for you to understand this, you go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. You will understand it there. This means that everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The life of God is there now. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself, verse 19. Can we read 19 together? One to go. For God was where? Christ. What was God doing? Reconciling the world to himself. No longer do we count people's sin when we preach the gospel. We do. God's not counting them. We're counting them. Why is God not counting them? Because his sacrifice is done for them. It's already paid for. He shed his blood for it. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of what? Reconciliation. What I want to bring out is that God was in Christ doing these things. These things. John 14, 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Now, what is the Father doing in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Is the Father speaking now. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth what? The works. He doeth the works. He doeth the works. Ephesians 2, 4. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. Can I hear amen? He gave us what? Life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. Six. For he raised up raised us up from the dead along with Christ, seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are now united with Christ Jesus. So wherever Christ is seated in glory, you are too seated in glory. And then in 1 John 5, 10, he that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. He that believeth not God had made him a liar. Because he believed not the record that God had gave of his son. What is God's record, church, of his son? Verse 11. And this is the record that Paul is talking about. That God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Paul said, this is God's plan. Revealed now for your glory. Get used to it. Get familiar with it. Know it. Believe it. Then start experiencing the glory for which he's given to you. And this is the record that God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Continue. Verse, he that had the son had what? I can't hear you. He that had the son had what? And he that had not the son, what? Had not life. Is it not what we read? If you don't have the spirit of Christ, don't belong to him. Paul said this is a mystery that the Holy Spirit is revealing that God will live in a man. 2 Peter 1.4, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. See what we have now? We're sharing his divine what? We're sharing his divine nature, which means God has imparted in you his attributes. You don't have to fast for it. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to do anything for it. came with Jesus. It's a package. If I have his divine nature and you have his divine nature, Shouldn't our character be divine nature too? Dear husband said, we read the Bible. Me and my wife, we read the Bible every year because our missionaries read the Bible. He said, we, to, be, to think that with this things and the same Bible we read every year, to think that these things are there. And we never saw that glory. We never experienced it. That's, I mean, you're not going to experience this divine glory that you're sharing unless you start believing these things. Get used to who you are. God made you so. And I hear amen. The Bible says it's a gift of God. He said, Pastor, I don't qualify. I don't either. But God gave it to us. For God so loved that he what? Get used to who you are. Get used to it. Get used to it. Get out of religion. You will, you will be defeated in that thing. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ what? Where does he live? The life which I now live in the flesh, how do I live it? I live by faith, what? The Son of God who loved me and gave 
I just live by trusting him. He's the, I mean, how can Christ live in me and I'm struggling and I'm trying? I told you, toil is a curse. If he lives in me, he takes care of business. That's why the Bible invited us to rest. Stop struggling. Jesus said, you're, you're done. Stop. He that believeth that entered into his rest. I've come to do it. Then my father in me dwelt all these things. You should be able to have the same testimony. Christ in me is doing all these things. So what are you supposed to do? I live by faith in him, period. And you know, that's the power really that walketh in us. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. Look at what that power of Christ does in you. He's able now to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all you we can ask or what? Quit means, why are you bothering yourself when there is a power that does beyond your ability, beyond anything you can imagine in your life, above all that we seek, ask, or think, according to the power that worketh in us? Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages without end. Everybody say, Amen. First Corinthians 1, 24. What is that power that worketh in us? But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ. Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the greater one. Pray John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is where? You know, you have overcome them. There's no, there's no fight. There's no, look, when you, when you engage Satan, let me tell you, don't let it bother you. The man will always obey you, because the greater one is what? you. <laughs> The disciples came and said he was subject to us in your name. What's different between them and you? The greater one is here. That does abundantly above all you can imagine, think as a human being. And he says, all, all I need you to do is trust me. Live by faith in me. Rely on me. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. You know, one time, they came to, you know, these villagers, all they do is looking for land to take. So they called me and said, some people are taking your, your land after your father died. And the Lord asked me a question. He said, do you want me to take care of it? Or do you want to go and take care of it? I said, how can I go and take care of it? If you, you are going to want to take care of it. You are the one alive in me. Do everything. He said, my property is your property. He said, then stay in Lagos. Don't go anywhere. He said, they want to distract you. Go and pastor my people. Forget about this. I did. Better than I did. I forgot it. <laughs> the next time I traveled home, my uncle called me. He said, hey, man, those people came with pan wine and bag of rice. They said our hand is no more in that uh, land. That land eats people. <laughs> and my, my uncle, he said, see, see how I fight for you in the village. I was looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> they said, that, that land eats people. Oh, they are no more in place. That it is, it is him, it's his land. Anybody, if I, no more, no more. He said, they brought bag of rice to beg me. For it is Christ at work where? To do oh, this, this. quarreling with people is foolishness, it's a maturity. When you grow in the Lord, you're done with all of that. He will sort it out. Pray then, look. That things look bad now. They don't really bother you. <laughs> it's normal. Yeah. He's too much. He takes nothing. And what? He's too. He'll be watching you whether you really trust him. That's when to lift up your hands. I say, I know in whom. He's the one at work. He takes care of these ones. I'm telling you, he said, it's been happening a long time. He's ancient of days, forget about it. He said, I don't have anything. You don't have to have anything. This church where you're sitting was bought. We didn't have down payment. And they needed 800,000. We didn't have it. We didn't have Pushik, as Pastor Victor, as we didn't have nothing. As we break up, we have nothing. Because he built his church. He said, I built my church. I said, Lord, you be their church. They want you to bring 800,000. I'm not praying about it. <laughs> Why should I pray about it? Your job. He doeth all things. But then we got a loan without putting down a penny. It doesn't happen. $2.1 million loan. We don't put, put down cover. Come and tell me. It's not God. Take, go, go to any bank. Go, go and get $100. They don't give $100. Let me tell you. Paul said this was given to us for our glory. That God is now living so that you can stop. No worry, bother. They, talk, they told me this. Let them told you whatever. Okay. The counsel of God will matter of time. Things can look so bad. Brother, I've been through it all. I've been through it all. Can look, hey, so bad. 
that people are pitying you. You know when we started the church, <laughs> Pastor Lee was crying for me. Did you people heard him say the thing? How many people heard him? Am I the only one? You heard him now? They will look at me, they will cry for me. They will cry for me. Say this one. Eh? <laughs> Even Pastor White told me, he said, I was asking, I said, why did God bring this man here? To come and suffer like this? <laughs> Brethren, are they crying now? I'm asking you. They're crying now. That's why Paul said, this was designed for your what? Glory. If you know it. Ephesians 1, 3. Let's read about some of the benefits here. He said, Ephesians 1, 3. For it was always in his perfect plan. You, uh, please, just promise me you are not going to jump off for joy and run out. Please, listen. Just sit down, calm down. Well, well, let's go through. Don't get too excited and jump on your chair, please. Just calm down. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt you as his delightful child through our, your union with who? Jesus. He said, well, that was what he planned, to adopt you, to make you his son. That's what he planned. The anointing, so, so that his, his, his tremendous love that cascades over us will glorify his grace for the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for, can we read that one again? Let's read from uh, uh, every spiritual, sorry. Uh, for the same love, let's go, one, two, go. For, some of you, uh, I want everybody to read it. One, two, go, let's go. For, the same love, the same why? You are joined to Christ. He can't love you less. The same love he has for Jesus, he has for you. You have become one with his son. The Bible says it was his plan. Paul said, I'm teaching it to the church, telling everyone to know this for their glory. What verse is that, man? And this unfolding plan, talking about that plan, brings him great pleasure. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished on you as a love gift from our wonderful Father in heaven. Can I hear amen? amen. The Father of our Lord Jesus, all because, all because what? I want to make sure you are reading where I'm reading. Are you, are, you, are you with me? What is the difference? You don't have what I'm reading. I'm ahead of you. Okay, I read, we, we read, the, my own doesn't even have verses here. But I read where it says, every spiritual blessing in heavenly realm has already been lavished. Verse what? Verse what? Is it verse three? Okay, verse three. Go behind. Okay, every spiritual blessing in heavenly realm has already, already been lavished on who? Remove the us, put me. Get used to it. Have you already been lavished on who? As a love gift. From our wonderful Father, Heavenly Father. The Father of who? Our Lord Jesus. Why? All because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. Next verse. And he chose us to be his very own. Joining us to who? Himself. Even before he laid the foundation of the world. That Paul said, this mystery has always been. He said, God sent me to teach the church, teach the people. This is the gospel. Tell people that God has a better life for you. Simple. He chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we will be seen as what? Holy in your neighbor's eyes. In whose eyes? In his eyes. With an unstained innocence. Is this the gospel? Why? The blood of Jesus washes us of all righteousness. And he made us a new creature, cutting off this body of sin. Continue. The next verse, please. Since we are now joined to Christ... We have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of what? All because of the cast. What is cascading? 
What is cascading? <sighs> cascading. You know, some of you, you didn't have shower in Nigeria. Now you have it here. So when you go under the shower, if you are from Mbiri, you may not know what shower is. So if you go under the shower, it, what happens on your head? The water is uh, cascading. Did I hear amen? Cascading. So he says, the total cancellation of our sins, all because the cas- of the cascading riches of his word, grace. Verse 8. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in me. In who? Releasing within me all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. Can I hear a name? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. So we can do all things now because we are joined to God. Are you not the one that said, I can do all things through Christ? Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as they are should. So if I'm supposed to imitate God, then I can do all things like God. The passage, that Bible. Okay, let's find out. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is what? But you are not men. You have divine nature. You are not. With men, yeah. But now you have what? You are not talking. Get used to it. That's who you are. Men, yeah. You are not men. You are peculiar. You now have what? Divine nature. Are you a man? No. You are a spirit man. You have been elevated from ordinary man, God's child, who has the spirit of God joined to him, members of his body. You have his attributes. You have all the privileges in heaven given to you. Why are you an ordinary man? It's impossible with men. This is, but not, but with God, all things are what? Okay, Philippians 4, 13. Let's talk about you. I can do, oh, I thought, I thought, I thought you are an ordinary man. So what are you talking about? You can do all things now. Why? I can do all things through Christ. Quit strengthening me, supplies his strength. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe. Ah, if you can believe this word. <laughs> all things are possible to him who. So all things are possible to God now. Now you are included. <laughs> all things are possible to you. Why? You have the attribute of God. And the Bible says, be imitators of God. So in life, what do you choose? Do you think you are going to die because you have symptoms? Do you think you are a failure? That's what you choose. You can choose to be a success. All things are possible to you. Can I hear amen? The scripture says, what things ever you allow. What are you allowing? Telling everybody that visit you. How things are bad. That's what you choose. If you believe, you can choose the reverse. All things are possible. If you are following me, shout hallelujah. This was designed for your glory to empower you so you can make choices. To empower you to choose to be well. Choose to be well. Choose to be well. Choose to overcome. Choose to see glory. You can't sit up there and say, Pastor, you know, this is my area of weakness. Let's have peace, please. You, you choose to cross that thing. You cross it. Because the power that works in you that can do beyond anything you can do. And that power was sent for your glory. You can choose. Oh, you can you stop giving all these worthless testimonies. That's not Bible. You can choose to rise to where God placed you. You are seated with Christ where? You are not talking, man. You are seated with Christ where? And you are telling me Satan is defeating you. And the Bible looked at you and said, you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. What you are saying doesn't agree with what God said. You are not seeing the glory. And the Bible said, rise up and shine. The, the, so the, the, the light will shine on you. What did you choose? Things are not good. You know people go around and say, New Jersey, nothing is working. Get out because it won't work for you. Please pack up, leave. And where you are going, unless you change that testimony, it still won't work for you. Man, it worked for Abraham in dry land. Why? God says, I'm your exceedingly great. The glory comes because of his presence, not because of New Jersey. Get it. Get used to who you are. The glory, he said, this was designed for, I come, God, I'm tattooed, I'm living with you now. For my, for, so wherever you are, the glory is there. He took Abraham to where there is no, no oil, desert, nothing. After I'm talking to you today, the state of Israel is the fourth largest exporter of food and vegetables in the dry land. 
They are number one exporter in arms and ammunition. Number one exporter in technology. In fact, do you know that the vaccine you are using was made by them? The man, the chairman, the man that did the vaccine in Pfizer is a Jew whose parents were killed by Nazis. Germans are using the same vaccine that God used that man to produce. I read about him. The other company that's not Pfizer is a Jewish company, Covenant of God. To you, all the nations of the earth will be what? It's happening. So what did you choose? You know, you can change what you choose. <laughs> First Corinthians 6, 12. It is true that our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we, we do is good for me. I am free to do as I choose. <laughs> this is Paul talking. What is he saying? But I choose to never be enslaved by anything. Nothing enslaves me. No sickness, nothing, nothing, nothing. Paul said, I chose that. Why? I can do all things like God. I'm an imitator of God. God gave me that privilege to choose. What things ever you disallow? Oh, you're not talking to me. What things ever you what? So what you allow is what you have. You can change it today. You see that your child is not lost. You can change it today. He said, they shall be taught of God. You shall be taught of God. Don't you have to say before him? Just what I choose is to walk in that glory that the presence of God has bestowed upon me. Through that, the world sees God at work to come to him. If you got that, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. How many of you have to think you are going to die this year? You are not dying, my friend. The next time any symptom touches you, remember you can choose to kick it out. You can choose to let it stay. You can choose to kick it out. You can choose to let it stay. You can choose to kick it out. Because there's power that works at what? You. That can do all this. But they are waiting for you to choose. Choose. Finally, let's talk about healing now. Matthew 8, 16. Now, let me even jump it because of time. Romans 8, 11, because of time. But you are not carnal, but spiritual if the Spirit of God finds a home with you. You see what I'm saying? You are no more natural beings. You are not spirit beings. Finds a home in you. I'm reading Philip's translation. Have you ever seen Philip's translation? Okay. So since you don't have it, you better listen. Stop opening your Bible. You don't have it. So listen to my own. Even the booth, they don't have it. Philip's translation. I'm the only one that uh, has it. And if you're not smiling, I'm not reading. So Philip's translation, Romans 8, 11. Oh, they said, you can't see us because of a mask. <laughs> but you are not carnal, but spiritual. If the Spirit of God finds a home within you, you cannot indeed be a Christian at all unless you have something of his Spirit in you. Now, if Christ does live within you, his presence means that you, your sinful nature is dead. But your spirit becomes alive because of the righteousness he brings with him. I say that our nature is dead in the presence of Christ. So it is because of its sin. Nevertheless, since the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you, he will, by that same spirit, bring to your whole being new strength, new vitality. By the same spirit, new strength, new what? Vitality. Let me read it now, the one you have. G G Good News Translation, Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, they who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies by the presence of his spirit in you. That is why Jesus said, listen to me, don't run. That's why Jesus said, even if you drink any what, you know why it shall not hurt you. Christ is supplying antidote. It, you know, it shocks me. Now listen, brethren. You know, the Lord asked me this question. He said, he said you people believe the vaccine human beings made, that when you take it, it will protect you against what? Corona, but you don't believe my spirit in you will protect you against that. He said, and you say you believe me. He said, between vaccine and my spirit, which one will give you better protection? He said, didn't I tell you that even if you drink any deadly thing, a what? You are not talking. A what? Is that that you don't believe that Christ is Christ or you think he's lying? If we can show half the confidence we have in human made vaccine, in God made what? We see the glory God is talking about. Don't, he, the Lord was asking me, he said, he said tell your people. They say, they say they believe me. They don't believe nothing. I want you to listen to this, uh, to this thing. Can you play that thing from T.L. Osborne? How he came to realize he never believed in Christ until Jesus proved it to him. Dead religion. That affected us for life. 
So when we came home, we wanted to find someone that knew about miracles. We heard about Smith Wigglesworth. We were going to go to his meeting, and he died. So we heard about Amy McPherson. We had heard about her. We were going to go to the temple and see those big uh, cases of uh, stretchers and, and crutches and canes and all that stuff. And, and she died just before we went. And so we, we, had, we, we, we were near the uh, Assemblies of God campgrounds in Oregon, at Brooks, Oregon. So uh, we, had, we heard. We heard the good news that Dr. Charles Price was going to be the speaker that year. So we were going to go. He was a miracle man. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We had taken a whole stack of his Golden Grain magazine with us to India. And, had, and so we were anxious to hear him, and he died. Three in a row, right when we were in agony, looking for anybody with miracles. And he died. And so then uh, they told us that Hattie Hammond was going to preach, was going to be the speaker. So we thought, well, we'll go. We'll go. It's not very far. We'll go listen to her. And that woman, a great woman of God, we didn't know her before. We hadn't heard of her. A great woman of God, probably the greatest woman preacher the Assemblies of God ever, uh, ever had. She, she was one of the great instrumentalities of bringing Pentecost into the historic church denominations. Very talented woman. And she preached on the subject, if you ever see Jesus, you'll never be the same again. Out of John chapter 1. Everybody running to see Jesus and getting somebody bringing to see Jesus. And we went home weeping, uh, wiping tears to watch the road. And the next morning, when we, at 6 o'clock, Jesus walked in our bedroom, and I saw him. As the first of four visions, God gave me four visions. I don't tell this often because I don't want people to chase, chase visions. I needed something. I didn't have the kind of teaching you have. Today, we have truth, marvelous truth. We don't need to chase visions. But I needed something. And I saw Jesus when he came in the room. It changed my life forever. I lay there from 6 o'clock in the, in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon before I could move. When I came out, I said, took Daisy in my arms. I said, honey, we're not preaching a dead religion. We're preaching a living Christ. He's risen. He's Lord. I knew he was alive. It changed my life forever. And that's as fresh today as ever. And right on the heels of that, a man of God came to Portland. All the churches of Portland put on a big joint healing campaign, which was a very rare thing to do back then. And all the people came. 8,000 people packed that big auditorium. And this man came and, and preached the gospel in such a simple way. And when he, and, 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 and he, he made me think of Jesus. He was so simple in his presentation. When he made an invitation for people to be saved, hundreds of them came forward. I wanted to do that. I lived for that. And so, so God let us see that. And when I watched him, and then he prayed for the sick, and miracles took place, and I watched him, and I had my second vision. I saw Jesus in a person. I saw Jesus in that man. That, that's where he is. That's where he works. That's where he ministers. That's where he lives today. He was in a Jew, but now he's in you. Do you understand that? that never forget that. Never forget that. And so, so... They went as missionaries and fell. Fell woefully. And they came back here and the wife, they were heartbroken. And they were praying and seeking God and saying, we fell and we fell, you know. And then they said, you know, we needed to do miracles, and they were looking for who would do miracles, and then they wanted to go to uh, a sinful McPherson's meeting, she died. And then they wanted to go to see Wigglesworth for miracles, he died. Then they wanted to go for another miracle, they said the same, another pastor that was doing miracle died. So he said three in a row. So we were sitting there and said, okay, Assemblies of God, they have uh, this meeting they want, they're holding. And then they're inviting one of these men that have this gift of miracles, he said, we're going to see him. The man died. So finally, they said, okay, we go and hear the word. And they went there. 
And there was a woman that was preaching. The woman um, preacher that preached, preached about Jesus. He said, if you ever see Jesus, you will never be the same again. And the girl was telling them, you haven't known me. And they said they went home, heartbroken. They were crying. And six o'clock in the morning, Jesus walked into their bedroom. He said, I saw him. And they said, from 6 to 2 p.m., I couldn't move. And when I was able to move, I heard my wife. I said, we are preaching a living Jesus. He's alive. He has risen. It is true. They thought they believed. And Jesus came to show them you never believed him. Then he said that they went to this Assemblies of God meeting. And then they brought a new man to preach. He said that the man was preaching. He said, that's the second vision God showed me. I saw Jesus in that man. So I saw him walking. Then all those things, as I was watching him. He was alive in that man, doing all those things. And I said, oh my God. So he really lives where? He said, that's where he lives. He said, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Let us pray. I want you to talk to God. Don't forget that. Let this world sink in you. Don't forget that. For your glory, don't forget that. Meditate on these things. Don't forget that. Don't let it escape you. Don't, don't undertake this life on your own wisdom. You will fail. The devil will mess you up big time. It's a matter of time. The devil will jump on you. Let Jesus be your wisdom. Let him guide you. If it is of the Lord, it cannot be uprooted. If it is of men, it's coming down. It's a matter of time. It will come down. Giving life to your mortal bodies. He's giving life to your mortal body. If you can trust verse can't you believe what God said? Christ is in you, giving you life. Even if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. Is it not God that said that? If a vaccine can protect you, how come Jesus can't protect you? Something must be wrong somewhere. Either he's telling a lie or you are telling a lie. You know, you can appropriate, appropriate the healing power that is flowing through Christ to you right now. Flowing through you as I'm talking to you. Osborne said, I saw Jesus in that man. Whoa, that's where he lives. I saw him. He's the one healing. I saw him. So don't forget that. Of course, you know that from that point, he started preaching a living Christ and the ministry burst because now they are preaching by faith. They are not preaching intellectual Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.